When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to the Warriors All-82 podcast. Uh, Potentially ominous one for the Warriors. Steph Curry gets his left leg rolled up on by Marcus Smart. uh, And it was a foot. You know, his foot kind of and ankle twisted inward, but it's the foot that's the issue. As of right now, us speaking, he's getting an MRI on the top of his left foot. Um, You know, Draymond Green was basically saying, you see a guy limp off like that and he's going to get an MRI. Does not expect him to play Sunday. Um, but by the time you hear this podcast, there might be clearer answers on how much time Steph Curry may miss. Uh, but what do you think of the play, Marcus, and just where's the concern level? I do think if he was uh, <laughs> Matthew Dellavedova, it would be an uproar, <laughs> right? People would be losing their minds. Uh, but I do think Draymond's explanation was was right. Like, he didn't dive to intentionally hurt Steph, but he's the type of player that, doesn't have much regard for what might go wrong in that situation. Not even his own body, right? Like, he's not even concerned about that. So, it was a very Marcus Smart type of play. Uh, but it's just it's just bad news for the Warriors. It's just a bad break, you know. Uh, like, they, they need these 13 games. Like, they need them. They need them to get a rhythm. They need them to nail down a rotation. They need all these guys to play together. And, you know, just judging by their typical precautiousness, you could see Steph just being out a couple weeks just because they don't want to even mess with it. So that and would by be the tough. way, a couple weeks is the regular season, yeah. essentially. Um, and, you know, worse, not worse. I mean, it, it's difficult for us to even have this segment because we're going to learn a lot more soon. Uh, and, you know, if it's long term, I mean, that changes everything. If it's yeah, you know, a week, whatever. That's it's not that big a deal. Um, we will know. Uh, but beyond that, uh, you know, it was it was kind of a wild sequence for Marcus Smart. There was also the the play at the end uh, where he kind of kicked uh, Clay Thompson and got a flagrant foul. But Steve Kerr, what do you think of like Steve Kerr's reaction to it? He was like kind of in Marcus Smart's face about it. Yeah, that was that part was interesting. Then he said it was a dangerous play, right? I do think. There's a part of basketball where it's like you just don't try stuff like that because it's a high probability that's what will happen, right? I don't know what he was thinking, but he's like, I'm going to kick the ball out of Clay's hands. Like, I don't – like, why would you even try that? It's, but that's – it's par for the course of Marcus Smart, right? This is not, this is not anything new. This is how he is. Uh, it makes you, you know – like, there's the Avery Badley types, right? The Tony Allen who's going to get up in you. I don't want to say they're going to play it honest, but, you know, that's their style of play. That's a whole different level where you're grabbing and you're physical. Marcus Smart is going to be antics. You've seen this with seven-game series with LeBron. Like, that's just who he is. Uh, and it actually works for the Celtics, which is one of the reasons why. Top defense in the league. Yeah, become such a great defense. Uh you got to deal with him, and then you got them wings, and then you got the big men waiting. And if 
you get through all that, here comes Robert Williams, right? So they kind of need that. They kind of live with his maniacal presence, but I would I would hate to play against him. And if it's me, I'm more 90s. I'm like, oh, he going to feel something. <laughs> like, even if it wasn't dirty, right? If it was, you know, reckless or dangerous, like, he got to feel that. That's because that's Steph Curry. You know what I'm saying? Like, where's the 90s hoop at? Where's the mentality of you can't take down our star? And that... Of course, the guy from the 90s is the one who's going at him. You know what I'm saying? Steve Kerr is like, hold on, you can't do this to my star. Might be the most I've ever seen Steve Kerr stick up for Steph. Most I've ever seen him, like, engage with an opposing player. You know, talk. Like, he was, you know, it looked like for a little bit he was. His, like, hands are like, and he's like, he's lecturing them. Like, if you ever do this again. (laughs) Uh, at one point, you could t- see he was mouthing, you could have heard him. You could have heard him. And turns out it did hurt him. Um, but to your general point of, like, this team needs more reps. They need more time together. When the moment Steph gets injured, they have 25 points and there's four minutes left in the second quarter. Yeah. Like, the offense was a big. And, and he had four turnovers and was one for four. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, Boston's. Uniquely equipped. I was talking to somebody in the Warriors about it. Uh, there's kind of a need to play five shooters against a team like this, and the Warriors are the team that has most like kind of fought against the idea of like you know at times they have two non-shooters on the floor. Particularly, I mean, they're starting lineup. Draymond Looney typically is two non-shooters. Tonight they you know they start Porter because they're manipulating Draymond's minutes, so they have actually had four shooters on the floor. But you know Williams can roam off Looney, and he was unbelievable. Believable blocking shots. Yeah, he's he's become that help defender, right? Like that's he's a not. I don't want to say he's as good as Draymond at it, but he does have the added advantage <laughs> of height and length, right? So he's getting to shots. That's the difficulty. You beat the first layer, you get past the second layer, and here he comes. And the Warriors got a lot of good looks because you get through those two layers and you kick it out. Those are open shots. But as Draymond said. I know people are like, oh, they just miss a lot of overshots. They miss a lot of overshots for a reason <laughs> because they were sped up. They Openings weren't, like, easy to come by. So when they did get open, like, it's not the same open shot. It's not a pressure-free shot just because you're open. You know somebody's flying at you. You wonder when they're coming. It's a different shot. So you got to be a great shooter. And you could see their defensive style hurts Clay. They, they just – they know he wasn't going to drive on them. They know – Guys like that aren't going to get to the rim. If they do, hey, say hello to Robert Williams. So they're playing the pull-up, right? They're playing the jumper. And when you're clay, that means you're fading more, right? That means you're taking off-angle shots to try to get away from the block. Like, it was they're, – they're, that's a tough type of defense for clay. He was taking some, like, real off-balance shots. There's one in the corner where he was, like, tilted to the right and kind of, like, dribbling backwards. And, you know, that's the type of shot. If he's playing like he did against Milwaukee, like, that's down. But you almost need him to be volcanic. And, like, you know, let's say you're in a series with Boston. You know, I can get that four times, especially not at this age. So um, there would need to be more strategy involved. Now, Boston isn't in the West. Uh Phoenix is though. I mean, in Phoenix, I you know, Phoenix is different ingredients, but uh, Dallas, Dallas is they do similar things. They have more Memphis. holes. Memphis, right? They have more holes than you know. Boston seems like every position. 
They've got length and they've got somebody they strong. Don't, Dallas doesn't have Robert Williams they back That's there. That's what they don't have. Yeah. Memphis has Jaron Jackson. Memphis has Jaron Jackson. I, I also think Brandon Clark is a pretty good help side. Like, you know, he's he's decent, right? Uh, I I do think that's a blueprint, right? Who, which, if you're the other team, you're like, which of these dudes taking us off the dribble? They don't even run ISO. You don't have to worry about it. You can just switch everything because they're just going to keep moving, push them out to the perimeter, like get real physical with it, get them, and do all that hand dribble handoff stuff 30 feet from the basket. And who's going to take advantage? It's either Steph or Poole. That's it. Poole started taking advantage of it, and it worked. You know, it started getting some liveliness, but nobody else is doing that. Nobody else is like, I got this, dude. So it's a it's a nice little blueprint they're gonna have to figure out. Yeah, and then it. I mean, that when the when Steve Kerr talks about how versatile he has to be from a rotational standpoint in the playoffs, you know it. If you're down 2-1 to Memphis and, like, everything they're doing defensively is working, you're going to play a ton of Jordan Poole, which we're learning. Um, and, you, you know, Lo- I think Looney's vulnerable in the playoffs to losing minutes because if you are going to search for – with teams are solving what you do offensively, filling that spot with an offensive player is the know, start Lou to it. I had a couple tough buckets around the paint. I mean, don't sleep on Loon's ability to uh. – Muscle of the shots. At one point, he shot like a 19 footer, and it was like, <laughs> this offense isn't. Like, Looney, a shot, a uh, possession ending in a Looney jumper, like, tells you, like, an unhealthy possession. A very unhealthy possession, especially that far from the basket and that end of the shot clock. But that's what other teams do. You overplay the guys you worry about, you switch everything else, and you force guys to make shots. All those passes, right? All, everyone is an opportunity for a steal. Everyone has an opportunity for pressure or deflection. Teams like Boston, they live for that. All you're doing is giving them more opportunity to make you uncomfortable. So, the, the, to me, I know I've been on this a lot, but this is why an offense should have isolation, pick, pick and roll, right? You Sometimes you're just going to need it. Mm-hmm. And we saw tonight, especially when they put Pritchard in, Jordan Poole was like, I'm just taking this dude. It don't matter. I'm taking him. We're not running 58 passes first. I'm just going to take Peyton Pritchard. And sometimes you got to be able to do that. But if you drive and Robert Williams come, that means everybody else has to know what to do. That's what Draymond was talking about. They don't have that kind of chemistry yet, where if somebody's going ISO, everybody else has to know what to do. You, it's not just staying in the corner and hope it works. It's like, I'm going to drive. This guy's going to come. You cut. You slash. You spot up. They, they never work on that stuff. And you would think... 13 games, this is time to work on it. That's why, to me, losing Steph will really hurt right now. Yeah, um, but Jordan Poole, you know, that's the other kind of, I guess, story from this is, again, this is an A straight really good game, A straight game over 20 points, 19 in the third quarter. Uh, again, you know, this is the least best defense, as we're talking about, and he, for a quarter, took over. And, uh, you know, you could even hear Draymond talk about him post-game. I mean, we've heard these guys talk about him all season, but also a belief, I think, lately that, like, this has been – the next leap for him uh and not only that from a coaching staff standpoint they you know it's like you know there's been all these checkpoints with Jordan Poole over these first few years but I think just like that that minor patch of struggle he was going through and then when they finally when Kerr relented and gave him a little bit more control and the way he's just really even blossomed more and the fact that you know Steph Curry like we said I don't know how many games he's gonna miss but those are gonna be Jordan Poole games uh 
Steve, there was a point tonight where you know he plays the whole third quarter, scores 19 points, brings him back to within like 10-ish, and then he goes Jordan Poole to the bench, and you're like, yeah, I mean, he's, he's only 22 years old. You know, you have three off days. Like, should you just play Jordan Poole all 24 minutes? And Kerr brings it back. Like, I think it was 9.54 on the clock on the fourth where he tells Poole to go back. And, like, so we've talked about Steve Kerr being reluctant to play Jordan Poole. Tonight it was like he, he had to get him back in as quick as possible. Yeah, when, when you said that, I was thinking, he's, he's young. Get him out there 24 straight minutes. Poole can do it. It's not like he's, like, Going extra hard on defense, right? But to me, the thing you learned about Jordan Poole, which you probably already knew, but this was confirmation, you ain't got to worry about him being scared. You ain't got to worry about him shrinking from the moment. You ain't got to worry about him being timid, not playing his game, being taken out of it. Like, that dude, he was going at Marcus Smart like, all right, let's go. This is how you want to play? All right, let's go. I'm I'm getting downhill. I'm shooting my shot. And then you see Dr- Draymond working that little screen with him, the little dribble handoff. It's a, like his shot looks the same, even even with the pressure, his shot looks the same every time. We're watching Clay fade, and you know Jordan Poole is like, "Hey, I'm getting these buckets." To me, that's what they're gonna need in the playoffs. They're gonna need somebody who's not scared to take over a game to hit a big shot. Uh, and him, to me, him and. Quindary, Weatherspoon were the ones who look like, yo, they were about that life tonight. Yeah, Weatherspoon can help, has helped. I mean, remember the game they won in Phoenix, Christmas, actually. Um, he played like, I don't know, what was it, like 19 good minutes in that good, game? Though. They were good. He's playing defense, too. Yeah, he, on was good on, oh, he was good on uh, Jalen Brown tonight. I mean, these are our elite scorers, like, so. And and he's not one. He's not necessarily like an Andre Robertson, who you know the Thunder crafted into this like defensive specialist, and then we're like trying to find ways to somehow make it so he wasn't in a zero offensively. Like Weatherspoon, he goes down to the G League. He's like a twenty-five point per game score. Yeah. Uh, and you saw tonight, he had a nifty and one. You know, there. I think it's a little bit tougher for him in this like side NBA role where he's, you know, he does kind of have to like really pick and choose his spots, and he'll have to learn how to do that. But he is potentially a two-way like bench player. Like I don't think he's got like any type of like huge, huge potential. But he looks like an NBA player. Yeah, he. I, I noticed like whenever somebody breaks the paint, he's really good at reading when it's time to cut and the angle to cut. Like that baseline. Like where other guys just kind of stand in the corner away for the pass, he knows when to slash. It's little stuff like that that really helps out when you drive. Like I, I like him. I like him enough that I'm gonna do my best not to call him Quindary Richardson anymore. <laughs> That's the last reference according to Marcus Thompson. We will see. I'm gonna I'm hold you accountable. You're the reason I keep doing it. Nobody brings him up but you. Then I'm like Quentin Richardson. Oh, that's right, not him. Um, they, like I said, three off days. They play the Spurs Sunday. I'd expect Andrew Wiggins back by then. He missed the game again tonight. I think they could have used Wiggins tonight. They definitely could have used him tonight. Now, I don't know which Wiggins you would have gotten, but good Wiggins would have been very necessary. Wiggins has obviously not had the greatest last, you know, month, month and a half, two months, whatever. Uh, they need Andrew Wiggins every night, you know. I mean, like, look, he's just like a six foot eight, like, two way wing that sometimes, like, fades in, and, you know. You don't get what you want from him for for patches of of the schedule at times, but like there's never a night where they don't need what he gets. Yeah, he especially on both ends. I do feel like they play really good defense, uh, but in the second half they needed bodies. 
you know, he started get, seeing them get a little tired on the rotations. You know, you can see, you can see him a bit winded. I do feel like, I know, I know, people haven't been the biggest fan of two way wigs, but his presence matters, his minutes matter. But also, you got you got to guard him. He can get you a couple buckets inside. Like when you start piecing together, like as Draymond said, who cares? Like this is not even a Eastern Conference team, right? But when you start looking at how do they how do they approach this, they have some pieces, right? They've got some things they could do. But if they never actually get to use them or play together, that is the concern. You know, I don't know if that's something you figure out in the playoffs. Well, I mean, look, you always every year, you know, everyone knows that the first weekend of the playoffs, right? The game ones. We all watch like all eight game ones in the first round. And you I'm going to expect in Phoenix game one, like they are just going to be a machine in that game one because they've just spent all season like coalescing to this moment. That place is going to be electric um, and they just know who they are and you could just sell, tell the continuity. And you can also a lot of times in those games once tell the teams that are still, you know, kind of figuring it out. And, you know, it's 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 that is the concern with the Warriors. You, you, they wanted to get to the point where game one tips off and like even if like they're the three C, they don't pass Memphis. Everyone who's watching is like, "Whoof!" Like they're ready. They came together. This is a bad time to see them, and it's becoming harder and harder. The the play tonight with Steph makes it significantly more difficult. Yep, and but the answer to that, make a ton of threes. That's the answer. So they can do that. They can make a ton of threes. Uh, if they yeah, but don't. you don't want to be like reliant where you can only win a game if you make a ton. Yeah, they, they might not have much of a choice. Well. Against defenses like that, you can kind of cover up some things with three point shoot. I mean, they were terrible from three tonight. What was it? It was it was bad. It was like I think they ended up getting ten, but a lot of those came when the game was a couple of those came when the game was out of reach. They just didn't shoot the ball well. If they do that in the playoffs, you wonder where they're gonna go for offense, right? But you gotta presume Clay will be better, Steph will be better, and I, I do think Jordan Poole is gonna be a reliable offensive weapon in the playoffs. So that's enough. We will talk to you next week, probably a few day off days. Obviously, uh, you know, Steph Curry news, uh, MRI news will come out at some point. You may already know it. So uh, just keep your eye out for that, and we'll talk to you later.